Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. The country is in the midst of yet another Black Lives Matter Inc. hoax, and we've got another summer full of them to look forward to. I guarantee you, if this is left unchecked, it will destroy America. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. This week, the United States of America, which is not seeming very united these days, but that's neither here nor there, is is going through yet another BLM hoax. We are going through another race-obsessed week in this country. There's a lot of things going on that I'm going to get to, but what I wanted to start off with is there's a situation right now with a young man named Dante Wright, who was shot and killed by police officers in Minneapolis, coincidentally, the same Minneapolis in, in which the, the George Floyd situation happened, which all those protests happened in, in the trial that is happening to this day. So before I get into this Dante Wright situation, I want to give you an anatomy of a BLM hoax. We have been living through summers of BLM protests and unrest and all of this stuff for at least the past, you know, five to seven years, right? So BLM was was founded in 2013, 2014, I believe. We were seeing a lot of unrest in Ferguson. Um, this has now become a, a part of our national identity, right? The, the idea that during the summer, there will be some sort of racial incident that will happen that will lead to protests in different cities across the country, whether it be Minneapolis, whether it be uh, Brooklyn, whether it be LA, it could be anywhere in America tomorrow. So, so this is where we're at as a country right now. And so before... I take you into the one that we are currently living through right now, this this young man uh, named Dante Wright. Let me give you the anatomy of a BLM hoax. I want to talk to you about exactly how this works. And I know this, and you know this, because we have been seeing this over the past five to seven years, specifically over the past four years. So this is how this works. There is a black man that is shot and or killed by police officers. We don't know very much about this situation when it first starts. We All we know is that there's a black man that has been shot and killed by white police officers. Now, a BLM hoax never starts with a black man shot by black police officers because this doesn't fit the narrative that, that a BLM hoax needs. So after we have this black man that, is being, that has been shot and or killed by police... You have left-wing blue check activists on Twitter and on social media who run with this narrative. Now, these are congressmen and women. These are ambulance-chasing attorneys like Ben Crump. These are people who have never really done anything but make a, a huge amount of income being race hustlers, race warriors. You know, the, the everything is what the, the math is racist crowd. So they run with this narrative. The, the brain-dead celebrities and entertainers in Hollywood who uh, these left-wing activists do their thinking for them, so they run with this narrative as well. And so they can, they can then elevate this narrative times uh, you know, a, a, a thousand, right? So everybody's running with this narrative. The initial reporting is based on an interview with the family or, or the mother of this person that gives a very rosy account of the son. You know, you've heard it all before. Oh, he would never hurt a fly. He was going back to school, he was trying to get his life together, yada, yada, yada. We, we've heard this all before, right? Reporting 
and the reporters are very careful to only use certain photos of the person killed, right? Preferably, you know, hugging a baby or graduating from, you know, fifth grade or high school or, or something like that. So these are the photos that are going to be used via the mainstream media. They speak to the left-wing activists that are advancing this narrative. When they do any reporting at all, this is the only people that they speak to. Then, conservative and alternative media eventually find inconvenient facts behind the case. These inconvenient facts may be that this person had a weapon, that this person was stopped on a warrant, that this person had a criminal history, that this person was, in, you know, in one case, in, in the middle of basically sexually assaulting his ex-girlfriend. You know, we find things like that, things that are inconvenient to this narrative of a, an innocent black man that has been shot and killed by these evil white cops. So when conservative media and alternative media has found this narrative, then the, the story disappears. The story dies. Uh, media, Hollywood, celebrities, congressmen and women, they move on into the next BLM hoax. So now that I have taken you through the anatomy of the BLM hoax, so now that we know how this happens, because we have seen this happen over and over and over again, let's talk about the latest BLM hoax that America is suffering through right now. There's a young man named Dante Wright who was shot and killed by white police officers in Minneapolis. Case in point, like I said, coincidentally, the same Minneapolis that is bracing itself for riots because everybody is watching to see what happens in this George Floyd, Derek Chauvin trial, and I will get to that a little bit later. So now that I have told you what these BLM hoaxes look like, let's break it down and let's just break down exactly how this was reported and remember exactly what I just told you. So Dante Wright, like I said, this this man was, was shot and killed by police officers now, this is from ABC News. ABC News is saying, Dante Wright death in Minnesota traffic stop sparks unrest. A black man died after being shot by police in a Minneapolis suburb following a traffic stop and crashing his car several blocks away, sparking violent protests as officers and riot gear clashed with demonstrators and the man's mother called for calm, right? So this is the mainstream media reporting on this. And when you read through this article... It doesn't get, and what I will give ABC News credit for is that she, they eventually get into the idea of the fact that this man had warrants, that, that a lot of the narratives weren't correct, right? So now, and I talked about Ben Crump before. If you know who Ben Crump is, this person, he's basically a BLM ambulance chasing lawyer. Whenever a BLM incident happens, whenever something like this happens, Ben Crump is right there. He calls himself a civil rights attorney. He represents the, the, the people when they have civil suits against the city. I believe that he was one of the people representing the family of Breonna Taylor. When that situation happened, you know, these things are settled for millions and millions of dollars. Ben Crump has become a very wealthy man off of, off of the, the, the blood uh, of these men and, and the grieving of their families, right? So this man, Ben Crump, he says on Twitter, and I quote, when this first happened, right? He said, and I quote, and this is, mind you, this is the, the ambulance chasing police officers. It says, Dante Wright, a 20-year-old black man, was fatally shot by police during a traffic violation in Minneapolis only a few miles from where George Floyd was murdered. The police have unjustifiably made themselves judge, jury, and executioner. When will this stop? Exclamation point, question mark. So this is what Ben Crump does. This is his take on the situation. 
Now, the mainstream media has done interviews with this man's mother, and now the mother says that, you know, they stopped him because he had some dangling air fresheners, and he called me because he was very nervous. He was a good kid, you know, he was getting his life together, he has the mental capacity of a 17-year-old, all the stuff, right? All the stuff that, that we had just identified in this anatomy of a BLM hoax, right? So now... That mainstream media has run with this story, unarmed black man killed by cops. Now that Ben Crump, ambulance chasing BLM lawyer, has basically hopped in on this and, and said what he said. Now that you have idiot Hollywood celebrities, Padma Lakshmi, you know, the host of Top Chef, uh, you know, turn, I guess, Twitter um, civil rights activist, right? You know, say his name. This man didn't deserve to die, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So now. Remember, we're at the part of the BLM hoax where conservative media has to actually report and they have to actually do checks and balances on the lack of reporting by the mainstream media. And so this is reporting by Andy No of the Post Millennial. Andy No is a very good conservative media journalist. He wrote a book on he literally wrote the book on Antifa. This from Andy No. The latest on the BLM violence near Minneapolis sparked by police shooting of Dante Wright. He was wanted on a warrant when he attempted to flee by car. He was shot and drove a distance before crashing into others. Now, on Andy Noe's Twitter page, he... he found photos of on Facebook of this young man, Dante Wright, flashing gang signs, using drugs, showing off cash, like the whole thing. You, you, you get it. If you know, you know what the hip hop culture glorifies and if you know what this stuff is, then you know exactly what these photos are, right? Now, the claim by Dante's, Dante Wright's mother and BLM activists that he was killed by police over air fresheners is unsubstantiated. There was a warrant for his arrest. He resisted arrest and got back in the vehicle and tried to speed off. He nearly killed others during the failed escape, right? So now this narrative has been destroyed because now not only do you have somebody that was wanted for a warrant, and that was resisting arrest, but was also putting civilians in danger as he tried to speed off in the car. Now, he was in the process of getting arrested for a weapons charge and escaping police before he was killed yesterday, sparking the BLM race rioting and looting. The criminal complaint says that he had an illegal pistol and he skipped his court date earlier this month, right? So this is the full truth. And this is the reality of what is going on right here. And I have to be very clear when I talk about this stuff. And I have to be very clear when we talk about BLM hoaxes and when we talk about these young black men that were being killed by police. I have to be very clear that these young black men do not deserve to die, first of all. Um, we have to be very clear that nobody is, is dancing on these young men's graves and nobody is glorifying that. That is not what we're doing at all. And I get a lot of criticism when I'm, critici when, when I'm criticized by black leftists. They say... Well, you have a racist white base and they just love to do this. That is not what this is about. This is about facts and truth and not narratives, right? So now we have facts and truth that are not based on narrative. But now that people have this narrative, they are once again looting and destroying different things in Minneapolis. These videos are all over Twitter. You can see them because this is what they do. This is what the people on the streets have been trained to do by the media. This is what they have been trained to do by these left-wing activists. 
This is what they have been trained to do by, you know, Biden and, and Kamala Harris and all of this stuff when they legitimize this stuff. Now, I'm actually shocked that we haven't heard anything from from Biden and Harris on this. I guess they have gotten the memo because remember last summer there was a young man named Jacob Blake who was shot by police officers six times and that became another BLM hoax. That became a huge narrative. So much so that Kamala Harris was doing interviews and said, I'm proud of Jacob Blake. And it wasn't until after all this that we found out that Jacob Blake was called on the was was called had the police called on him by his ex-girlfriend who he had sexually assaulted, by the way, at the house. He had sexually assaulted this woman. She called the police. He got into an altercation with police officer. They wanted him to back up. He there was a knife that he dropped. In the, so all of this stuff led to him being shot six times. He survived. And yet he is still suing those police officers for excessive force because he knows that he can get a payout out of this because this is what this is about right this is not about facts this is not about truth this is not about data this is about a narrative and the narrative is and this is a narrative that i've been telling you guys that the left pushes to black americans every single day in this country that they are victims, that they are victims of racism, that they are victims of white supremacy, that they are victims of every single thing that's going on in this country, right? And so you should stand up and you should fight and you should feel victimized and you should always feel angry and, by the way, vote for us because that is what this is all about. This is about the fear and the pain and all of this stuff of black Americans in this country being used and exploited by left-wing activists, and Democrat politicians, and all of these other people who exploit that fear so that they can gain power. That is what this is all about. And if you have any question as to whether or not I'm being factual when I talk about the anatomy of a BLM hoax, while I, when I talk about how these things work, just do some Googling. Literally research all of this stuff. And when you're researching this stuff and when you're done Googling this, because, you know, I research this stuff before I start doing these podcasts, certainly before I start running my mouth. But when you do this, think to yourself why it is that these cases are the first thing that you hear about. And I'm not even going to get in to the case with um, this black first lieutenant who was tased and pepper sprayed by police officers. You know, this was back in December and this is just now making the news. Why? And by the way, I saw the video like those police officers were dead wrong. They were dead wrong with what they did to that lieutenant. And, and, uh, and those police officers are the main one. Like they got fired months ago. But we're just now seeing the video now. So why are we just now seeing this video? Why are we talking about Dante Wright? Why do these things make the news? I will tell you why. Because fear is the only thing the left has to gen up their base right now because President Biden is completely failing. And all of this fear that you're seeing right now is a total distraction. And speaking of distractions, one of the biggest distractions that is going on in this country right now is the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin case that is being broadcast literally 24-7 on our news media right now. And I'm going to get into this and some of the reasons behind that after the break. So since the 
One of the themes of this episode is, is basically mainstream media manipulation of black Americans and mainstream media manipulation of exploiting these quote-unquote racial divisions that we have in America. Let's talk about one of the biggest exploitations that is happening right now of these racial divisions. This is the case of the police officer that is being basically tried for 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 the murder of, of George Floyd. This is what he's being tried for. This is Derek Chauvin being tried for the murder of George Floyd. I've not really written about this, and I haven't said much about this because as soon as I knew when the trial was coming, as soon as I knew that this trial was going to be televised, I knew exactly what it was going to be. I knew exactly what this was going to be. I knew like I told you before, that Biden is failing. I know that Kamala is failing. I know that the mainstream media that exists to protect these people and that exists to not only divide America, but to remind African Americans of their historical oppression as well as brainwash them into believing that they are victims of constant oppression at this very moment. I knew that they would jump all over this George Floyd case. I knew it. They cannot resist it. Look at the look at media, look at MSNBC and look at CNN. What is leading their nightly shows every single day? George Floyd, Derek Chauvin, George Floyd, Derek Chauvin, George Floyd, Derek Chauvin. And so... What do we know about the case? What do we know about the George Floyd case? The only thing that we know is that for a fact, an undisputable fact, is that George Floyd had multiple drugs in his system, including meth, fentanyl, lots of other stuff. And we know that he died. Those are the two things that we know. We do not know whether Chauvin's knee was on his neck or on his back. We don't know necessarily if the drugs that he had in the system killed him or if it was the knee on the, the knee on the neck or the back that killed him that caused him to have a heart attack. We, ha- we do not know. We are not medical experts. I'm not a medical expert. Uh, the vast majority of you guys are not a medical expert. And even if you were, you're not sitting um, in this testimony watching hours and hours every single day. So I cannot tell you that I have an opinion on this or that I have a fact-based opinion on it. I I will tell you what I believe is happening right now and what I believe will happen. And and this is very, it's, it's, it's very disturbing what's going on here. This is what I believe, and this is what I've always thought, that this was a distraction, that this was going to be televised, that this was going to become a major media moment that it has turned into right now that it would be used to divide America in a moment with very weak leadership right now. We have very weak leadership in America. So all this stuff is a distraction. But I do know that it will be broken down into a left-right narrative, which is what we do to everything in this country. We, We break down everything into left and right. And the question that I have is why is waiting for facts and truth and data even a left-right narrative? I knew it. I knew that this would happen. And so what I believe will happen is either one of two things, right? Either Chauvin will get off because I am not a legal expert, but what I do know about the law is that murder in these charges, like these things have to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. 
So this jury has to be 100% sure that it was Derek Chauvin that killed George Floyd and not any of the substances running through his body, not any pre-existing health conditions, not anything. It has to be 100% certain that Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd and that none of this other stuff factored into that at all. And so if I'm on that jury, and from what I'm seeing right now, I am not seeing this proven beyond a reasonable doubt because of all the drugs in the system and because of all the other health issues and all that other stuff. So I don't see it as beyond a reasonable doubt. What I will tell you is this. So, so that's one or two things that will happen. He will get off because it cannot be proven beyond a reasonable doubt, and that city will burn. Minneapolis will burn again. The George Floyd Memorial, all of that stuff, like Minneapolis will, will burn again. Like I told you in the last segment, these people and these protesters and these activists, these BLM people from the top to the bottom, they have trained these people on the ground to do this. They have trained this behavior. So there's those one or two things. So Derek Chauvin gets off and it has to go into hiding for the rest of his life, by the way. Probably has to go to into witness protection. You know, probably has to change like has to do a lot of stuff. Because that is a marked man. If he leaves, if he walks, that is a marked man. He will have to go into hiding for the rest of his life. Or Chauvin gets convicted by jurors who may not necessarily believe that Chauvin is responsible for Floyd's death beyond a reasonable doubt, but they know that if they let Derek Chauvin off, then this country will burn, it will become even more divided, and that eventually... The BLM protesters and all of this stuff, like this stuff goes very, very, very high. Eventually, their names will be leaked. Eventually, their locations and their addresses will be leaked by left wing activists and left wing media. And, you know, they're doing this, you know, just because they're so concerned about racial justice. So it's going to be one of those, you know, this is a it's nice life you got here, juror number six. Your name wouldn't happen to be XYZ. You wouldn't happen to live here. You wouldn't happen to own this law firm or, or this restaurant or this bar, would you? You know, be ashamed if something happened to that. And neither one of these outcomes is optimal. Honestly, neither one of them is optimal. Because if Chauvin gets off and the city burns, it, it, it means that basically mob justice rules. If he gets convicted and these, and these jurors really do not believe that he was guilty, but they wanted to do it to quote unquote keep the peace, then the mob won. So there's not a win-win in the George Floyd case. America loses. We all lose by this case being given the amount of attention that it's gotten. And when I talked to you guys earlier about the anatomy of a BLM hoax, the George Floyd thing, it, it could literally be the standard we had never seen anything like this, guys. Golden caskets. Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish, girl strip, the comedic actress, Tiffany Haddish. She's photographed. She's like crying over George Floyd's golden casket next to Al Sharpton or something. What the, like, what the hell is going on? This is clown world. What on earth does Tiffany Haddish know about George Floyd, about who this man was? And why is it? That with the biggest crisis that is happening right now on our southern border, with the thousands of jobs that, that Biden has killed, 
Well, by the way, the vice president, Kamala Harris, being given a total pass on doing any of this stuff. Why is it that the George Floyd case is walled all coverage on the news? And I've just told you exactly why. Because this is all a distraction. And there's something that I have to say about all of this stuff. And you guys have to realize that I used to be a liberal. So I know how liberals think. And I'm going to tell you what independent thinking black liberals really think about all this stuff. But they are definitely afraid to say this. A black liberal with any sort of social media following, with any sort of media career, could, could never say this. This would end their career. This is what they really think I'm going to tell you. They don't care whether Derek Chauvin is guilty or not. You understand what I'm saying? These people do not care whether he killed George Floyd or not. Because to them, he is a white racist police officer that is emblematic of a white supremacist, imperialist, insert left-wing black activist buzzword here, system. And if this man's life is being sacrificed to help dismantle this white supremacist, racist, imperialist, whatever system that they speak of, that they push, that they, that they push, then that is okay with them. And this is what black liberals really think about this stuff. This is what they say. This is what Wendy Williams has a term called kitchen table talk. So this is kitchen table talk. This is what they say to each other. Um, this is what they say behind closed doors. This is what they say to their friends and family. This is not what they say in mainstream media. Because in order to verbalize this to their Twitter followers or in order to verbalize this while they're doing, you know, political commentary on MSNBC or CNN or whatever, is to reveal the truth about what these far left BLM activists, these Marxists and all of this stuff, this is to reveal the truth about what they really want. And the truth is, the brutal hard truth is that these people do not want reconciliation. They do not want America to coexist happily among white Americans, black Americans, Latino Americans, Asian Americans, whatever. They do not want that because that would be reconciliation. And they don't want that. What they want is revenge. It's quite simple. That what a lot of these black activists want, what a lot of these militant left-wing BLM activists and all that, they want revenge. They like seeing these cities burning. They like seeing white liberals and white people in general cower in fear when, let's say, they're, they're eating or dining outside and the BLM activists, you know, they interrupt their dining and they do all that stuff. They want revenge because they're mad and they are angry. They are furious at a system that they think does not work for them. And there is a point to that anger. There is a point to it. Because it is a very real thing that our criminal justice system is very, very, very flawed. And this is not a left or right thing. This is bipartisan. The first step back that was just passed for criminal justice reform, that is bipartisan, right? So we all know that our criminal justice system is, is flawed. We all know that that black that that black men are, are overcharged and over incarcerated and all that other stuff. 
what we also know is that black men represent uh, an overwhelming amount uh, of the crime in this, these cities as well. So they are more likely to have an interaction with the police because they're more likely to be involved in crime. We all know these things. And the reason that they want this revenge is because of all these things. But they're going about it in the wrong way. And the way that they're going about it is so destructive not only to the black communities that are physically being destroyed, that are physically being looted, that are physically being torn down. I went to Minneapolis last summer, by the way. If you guys have been following for a while, you'd know this, that I was in Minneapolis last summer, and you have to see this block with your own two eyes. You have to see the destruction of what happened in this neighborhood of Minneapolis. You have to see this stuff with your own two eyes. There's a reason why you guys are not seeing these images on the news. It is third world stuff. I went to a rock and walking down those blocks in Minneapolis reminded me of being in a rock. It reminded me of being in a third world war torn country because this is the results of these BLM protests. This is the result of when people want revenge and not reconciliation. And revenge is what these activists want. And it is sad to see that they will sacrifice lives, not only the lives of the, the black Americans that were killed during these protests, Sequoia Turner, David Dorn, Etc. cetera, and so forth. So those lives don't matter to them. They obviously, they don't, they don't, they don't care about Derek Chauvin. He's a, he's an evil white racist police officer. And so this is how the revenge is going. The revenge is engaging in the destruction of our own communities. These are, these are black communities that are being destroyed, by the way. When you go into downtown Minneapolis, where I'm telling you about, this, these are black neighborhoods. I raised, uh, God, last summer I did a GoFundMe. I raised about $135,000, I believe it was. And it went to, to an organization that is, that is going to help you know, rebuild what happened down there. And I did that because I just I didn't know anything else to do. But looking back on that, like with you know, the, the amount of time that, that I have looking back on it, I would not raise another dime to rebuild these cities. I would not raise another dime because this is what it is. And so these people are out here literally destroying their own cities for what? For BLM? So their co-founder can go buy another house, by the way. If you read the New York Post, you'd know that BLM co-founder Patrice Cullors is just now, you know, we, she has a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. Yeah, she's got two and a half million dollars worth of real estate in L.A., in Inglewood, in Georgia, there was another one floating around there somewhere. So they are getting wealthy. And what are the activists on the street getting? What are these BLM protesters that the media loves to show you they're screaming, either they're screaming or they're crying or they're angry or they're just in pain? The media is obsessed with, with black pain. They are obsessed with black people being in pain. What are these kids getting out of it? Not getting a damn thing out of it. They're certainly not getting a two point four million dollar real estate portfolio. They're certainly not getting a cut of the millions of dollars in settlements that Ben Crump is getting. They're not getting forty five thousand dollars for a speaking engagement. 
that the other BLM co-founder is getting. So what is the black community actually getting from this, this revenge that, that their elite puppet masters are inflicting on America? Nothing. They're getting destroyed communities. They're getting a destroyed mindset because this is brainwashing them into thinking that the big, bad, racist world is out to get them. And so they had better loot some more. They better steal some more. They had better throw a, you know, another brick at police officers because that's going to make a difference. And I'm going to tell you, it won't. It won't make a difference in those communities. Those communities will just continue to be destroyed and the minds of those in the communities will continue to be destroyed so that BLM activists up top can get another house. So why is the media doing all of this? Why is the media exacerbating all of this? And where does this all go? I'm going to talk about that after the break. I am very inured to the BLM protests. I'm very inured to all of this stuff because we have seen it before. And if you're somebody like me who works in media and this is what you do, you have seen all of this stuff over and over and over again. So the question that I always ask to myself is why? Why is, I've already told you why the BLM protesters are doing this. I've already told you that. But my question is always why is the media so obsessed with this? Why is the George Floyd trial being broadcast 24-7? Why is this all that we're talking about? Hell, why am I talking about it? Um, I, I think that I have a different perspective on it. But why is this? Why is the media doing this? And you have to understand that what a lot of people don't realize is that there is a business model behind this. At the very top levels of media, there's a business behind this. This is about clicks. This is about views. This is about money. In 2016, I was working for a media company. I, I will not name them. Even if I did, you wouldn't know who they are anyway. It's very, it's very sort of low-key, sort of like startup type deal. As I was working for this media company, like I said, you guys, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a trained journalist. I used to produce. I used to write. Um, I, I go on camera. Like I, I have a degree from Columbia in broadcast journalism. This is what I do. This is what I've been doing for a very long time. So I was working for this company. My job was to find stories that are that are you know relevant that everybody's talking about to rewrite these stories to you know give voice to the stories to, to the voice of story in my in my news anchor voice um and to put these videos out there so that they can be dropped into written stories um and you know the uh, by some outlets that didn't have video content so these outlets would pay the company that I was working for per video whatever i got paid a little bit amount of money per every video i did this is this is what i was doing i was trying to kind of make my way in media and find my voice or whatever and what i found during the summer of 2016 is that this company was absolutely obsessed with any story about a black man being killed by by white police officers they were obsessed I would do these stories over and over and over and over and over again because it was my job at the time. And it started feeling dirty. It started feeling gross. It started feeling unseemly. And it started feeling unseemly because I knew that the people at the top of this country had no, they didn't care at all about these issues. They didn't care about these, these men being killed by cops. They didn't care about the communities. They didn't care about anything. They cared about money. 
They knew that this was something that was going on in the world and that people were talking about it and that it would lead to clicks and views and all this other stuff. And so that's when I realized the role that the mainstream media has to play in all this stuff. And you have to understand, even before I go into, because I look, when you criticize the mainstream media, it is the most it is the lowest hanging fruit of any right leaning political commentator. So when I criticize the media, I try to do this from a perspective of somebody that has some insider knowledge. I have done ad sales. I have done media buying. My undergrad degree is in advertising communications. I've sold television. I've sold newspapers. I've sold digital media. And then I switched over to reporting. So I've reported on television. I've reported in newspapers. I've reported in digital media. I know this stuff. And what I know is this. The media as it stands right now, particularly when it comes to covering these topics that are sensitive enough to tear America apart at its seams, are failing at doing their most basic job, which is to report. Which is to report in a completely unbiased way. Which is to report the facts and the data behind every single thing that is happening right now. If a black man is killed by white police officers, to report the entire story as to why that black man was involved in an altercation with police officers. What is that black man's background? What is the history behind? What is the context behind why this person was having an interaction with police officers? And they are failing at this. They are failing at their basic job, which is to report facts and data. This is why so many people like me and and like Glenn Greenwald and like others have completely gotten out of the industry in that way and turned our attention towards critiquing all of this stuff. Because when you know how the money works, when you know how sales works, when you know how impressions work, when you know how ratings work, when you know how much money is involved into this, you realize exactly what is going on here. The media is failing at their basic job, which is to report because there is too much money to be made in crafting narratives. And as soon as this became a business model, that is when they stopped reporting. They will continue to do this, by the way. In perpetuity, you have to understand that this is something that will never end because there is far too much of a a monetary gain in this for them. There are too many views. There are too many clicks. There are too many billions of dollars in revenue that are to be gained from the literal destruction of America because the destruction of America is exactly what is happening right now. If we live in a post-truth era in which facts do not matter, only narrative, and this narrative is so often falls under racial lines, black people are supposed to believe this, white people are supposed to believe that, or if white people don't say this, then they're one of those racist people. They're one of those racist conservatives, and they're only questioning the narrative because they're racist. 
And because they wanted that black man to die. Because they want all black people to die. So this is the conversation that is being engendered right now via our mainstream media. It is destructive and it is so dangerous. You know, last week, I believe it was, maybe earlier last week, Charles Barkley went viral. And he said basically, and I'm going to paraphrase, I believe that most black people are good people. I believe that most white people are good people. I believe that most Americans, no matter what color we are, are good people. But that doesn't fit the narrative. That doesn't fit the destruction that these people are trying to engender in our society, that they are engendering in our society. I say this to you guys a lot, and I, and I say this so much uh, when I'm doing this podcast, when I'm talking about BLM, or when I'm talking about all of this stuff, or when I'm talking about left and right. There are so many conversations in our society that are not about left and right. They're about facts and truth versus lies and narrative. And whether you're liberal or conservative or libertarian or anybody in between, you should always, always focus on facts and data before narrative and conjecture. Because the people that have the most to gain from this, the people that have the most to gain from Americans of all colors being at each other's throats, of us hating each other, Because there are BLM activists and there are black people who hate white people. And there are far-right neo-Nazi white folks who hate black people. Like, literal hate. These two sides of the coin are the extremes. The super, super far-left BLM activists who actually really do want to destroy this country and actually really do hate white people. In the far-right neo-Nazis who actually do hate black people, who actually want to kill black people, these are extremes that do not represent the vast majority of Americans of all colors in this society. And if we continue allowing the media to set these narratives, if we continue not questioning these narratives, if we continue allowing these people to divide us, it will end in the destruction of America. In the great words of of Ronald Reagan, and again, I am paraphrasing, America is too strong, too mighty, too powerful, too filled with amazing people with different skin tones, different skin colors, all kinds of races, different sexual orientations, men, women, whatever. It is filled with so many amazing people that the only way that a place this powerful, filled with so much talent and so many amazing people, the only way it can be destroyed is from within. And what we're seeing right now with this BLM media narrative With the George Floyd Chauvin case, with all of this stuff, is the literal destruction of America that is happening from within. So I want to leave you with that. I want to leave you to think about what you are seeing reported. I want you to think about your neighbor and whether you believe in your heart that if your neighbor is a different color than you, then they really hate you because of that color. 
or that they want you dead. That is likely not true. And the only way this country can be destroyed is from within. So we need to stop letting mainstream media narratives and mainstream media empires and politicians and activists and all of these people who have a financial interest in dividing us, we have to stop letting them divide us. And when we see another BLM race hoax, when we see this stuff, when we see another narrative, we need to step back and say, this is what it is. This is another hoax. This is not real. I will not let this divide me from my fellow Americans. And I'm going to turn off the TV and I'm going to log off social media and I'm going to go out into the real world. Because in the real world, Americans can come together. In the real world, the vast majority of Americans, black, white, in between, are people that have a lot of respect for each other, have a lot of empathy for one another, have a lot of love for one another. And so we need to remember that love and that respect and that empathy that we have for one another before we let the mainstream media continue to divide us and destroy America. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and Speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.